Six Hour Culture Podcast. Today I'm joined by Danny. Danny, what's going on, bro? You good? Uh, after this weekend, not the greatest, but whatever. It's nothing uh, on out of the ordinary for us. So uh, I guess it's kind of like a common theme for us. Uh, just losing when we have to win, but we'll get into that later on. And hopefully this week coming up, it's a different week, but we'll see. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a weekend full of matches with huge implications. Obviously, Roma Atalanta uh, both battling for top four. Um, I'd say more so Atalanta than Roma, but I guess if we're looking at it mathematically, Roma can still do it. But we'll get into that a little later on. But uh, yeah, also Milan Napoli, huge game, probably the most highly anticipated one. We'll get into later on as well. And uh, we even had Inter in the Champions League against Liverpool, unfortunately falling out, but they had a great effort. They did well enough, especially considering they had no Barella. But, uh, yeah, we'll also get into that towards the end. But to start off here, we'll go with Roma Atalanta. Uh, a big match at the Olympico. It ended 1 0, thanks to a goal from Tam Abraham. And, yeah, just quickly recapping it uh, Karsdorp played an incredible ball uh, to Zaniolo, who made a fantastic touch. That was a world class touch. Turned, played Tam Abraham. Abraham splits it to defenders and puts it past Musso to make it 1 nothing. A great start to the game. And over the course of the match, I would say Roma's a better team. I'm not sure what the possession stats are, but I'm sure Atalanta had much more, probably around 60%. But that's how Mourinho plays. Vintage Mourinho, when he wins these big games, he likes to sit back. And although Atalanta had more of the ball, their only chance they really had was, I forgot who it was, because um, now the game was like, what, three, four days ago now. But uh, they had a chance right from the net where Rodriguez made a huge save with his uh, groin. Like, it looks like his groin, at least. And, uh, yeah, that's really their only chance in the match. They didn't really do much else other than that play there. Uh, I'd say Roma could have made this 3-4 nothing at times. They had some great opportunities to really put this game to bed. But uh, Atalanta hung on there, and I just felt like the whole game that Atalanta was going to score because we know how good they are going forward. And Roma really kept them quiet for both games this year. So, uh, yeah, I'm very impressed. And just the way they played it, I felt like more effort was involved. Every player was giving 50% games leading up to this, and now this game they gave 110. I mean, you saw a big difference. And we aren't to play a team full of talent. We don't have uh, guys who can really take over a match. Maybe Abraham can at times and Zaniolo. But other than that, we don't really have guys who can really just – we can rely on one guy and their ability to change a match. We need a whole team effort to really get a big win in these highly anticipated matchups. And that's what we saw. Everyone stepped up. Kumbula – has been fantastic lately. And this whole season, to be honest, has been really fond of Kumbula. Obviously, started off with a little bit of the, uh, you know, the little Mourinho uh, throwing him to the side and uh, in the stands, and he survived that. He gained Mourinho's respect. Mourinho said that Kumbula, instead of complaining, worked hard on training, and he liked that. He didn't moan once. And it paid off, because now he's becoming a very important player for us. He seems to have benched Ibanez, who... He is coming from, back from an injury, but still, I think uh, Kumbula earned that spot over him now. He's been fantastic. He played well. Gianluca Mancini, who he's a divisive figure when it comes to Roma fans. Some like him, some hate him. But uh, one thing you can't deny is he gives 100% every match. And he's probably the only player I can say that. I always see him trying to do his best. Even though he doesn't have the, the quality at times, he always has the effort. And that can make up for a big chunk of the quality he's missing. He was sensational. Uh, Karzorp had a great game, probably one of the better ones of the year. Uh, Zaleski, who is 20 years old, 
He's not even a natural left winger, let alone wing back, and let alone, let alone left back. He's even playing left back at times. And uh, he was in sensational, in my opinion, man of the match up until uh, he picked up the ankle sprain and had to come out. He was kind of resembling Spinazzola at times, where he comes back, he's this pace to get the ball back, recover it, and then bring the ball forward and glide past defenders. Played a great ball to Zaniolo, and a couple to Tammy. Um, just incredible performance from Zaleski. I think he can become our starting left back for the remainder of the year because Vina just hasn't been doing it at all. And hopefully the injury is not too serious. But yeah, credit to Zaleski. And overall, I was really impressed by the team. Uh, although Mourinho was on the sideline, obviously he said the team and uh, the assistant coach of the European team listening to him. So I think Mourinho completely outplayed Gasparini tactically. Gasparini really had nothing. He tried Muriel. He tried all these different combinations of Malinowski coming in and nothing really worked. Roma shut down everything. And probably one of the best performances of the year from Roma. So I'm very impressed. And that leaves the question now, can Roma get top four then? Do you think it's possible? I I think it's a little too hard right now, uh, especially with the way like Juve's been playing. Um, and also off the line too, they, they're up there as well. But just the way Roma too have been playing, like you see times where they look great and then the following weeks, they come out flat. Uh, maybe if they start picking up momentum, I think it'll still be a little tough because of the way Juve's been playing. And I think uh, the top four already, unless like a major collapse from one of these teams happen, uh, should be solidified. Uh, top five, maybe. I, I could see Roma making top five and even Atalanta pushing down to six. Uh, but it's going to take a, while, a lot, and it's going to take a, a few big results uh, throughout the stretch. And Atalanta needs to drop points, uh, which it seems like they've been doing a lot as of late. They've been dropping points. They haven't been playing up to their standards. Uh, so top four may be a little hard for Roma, but maybe a fifth-place finish um, could be something to look for. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think top four is a possibility. Um, I'm not going to you know, say you can't dream of getting top four of a Roma fan. Obviously, mathematical, mathematically, it's still possible. But um, no, I can't see it happening. Roma just messed up way too many times this year. If you, you know, take away the messed up games against, uh, I can't remember, Nova Verona early on in the year, all those games like that. If you come away with a win, even against Genoa, where it's on your goal, I don't know how it was ruled off, but I don't want to get into that again. But, um, yeah, if Roma didn't mess up so many times in the lead-up, then maybe they could e- probably easily be top four right now because we capitalized on the smaller games, let alone the big games. Leave those as a loss, whatever, who cares? But, we won those smaller games. We definitely be top four right now, but we aren't. Um, right now, they're looking better. I think seven games now in Vida and Serie in a row. But um, I know the schedule's not looking good. We got Napoli still. They got Inter. Still got to worry about Conference League. And I don't think this team has the depth to really compete in both. And if I'm Roma, I'm probably prioritizing the Conference League because that's a chance at a trophy while Serie you know, we can probably get Europa League at best, and you get Europa League anyways if you win the Conference League. So I think that should be the focus right now, all in on the Conference League. And who knows, if Atalanta keep dropping points, and Juve, who we're going to get into next, but they aren't playing good at all, but they're still winning games, and that's what happens when you have the players they have. So, yeah, Dan, like you said, I don't think Roma's going to get it, but who knows? You know, Serie has been pretty crazy this year, but I can't really see that happening. But, yeah, now moving on, like I said, Juve. They have not been playing well. Allegri Ball is uh, <laughs> like a, a fossil. It's a dinosaur. Mm. It's extinct. It's, uh, it needs a it's just, 
Yeah, it's, it needs an update for real. It needs a software update because I like to be stuck in 2015 right now. It's not looking good for Juventus. Even though they're winning games, it's pretty hard to watch, even from a neutral. So I can only imagine the UFA. Yeah. You got the one nothing win over Spezia, which nice goal from Morata, calmly placed it in um, after a nice play from Locatelli. But I don't know. Juventus have not been playing well. And the question is then, do you think they should keep Allegri going into next season or is it time for a change? And maybe someone with more modern ideas can really get the best out of guys like Vlaovic, Locatelli, Chiesa when he's back. Because Chiesa, you need to remember, although he tore his ACL, yeah. before that, he hasn't been looking he like was, the Chiesa we've seen. No, he he's wasn't as good, yeah. At, I at think, all. for me, I think if you really, like, obviously, it'll be hard to tell, like, depending on where they finish at the end of the year, if they're going to keep a leg or if they move on. Personally, if you want the best from this team, because there's a lot of players who should be starting that are starting. Um, I think you might have to move on from Allegri. His ideas are good for football in 2015, like you said, ends. but as the game gets old, as the years go on, the game's more modernizing into attack and going all, and that kind of like, you could say anti-football, that park the bus, or that like Simeone style, that Allegri style, that typical Italian style back early on isn't there anymore. Um, and you see a lot of these teams paying the price for it. I think they should move on from Allegri uh, and just, once again, just try to go for a coach that can get the best out of these players um, and just get a coach that you know, like you expect uh, a good result. I'm not saying maybe go after like a Sari or anything, but I could see maybe an Italiano type, maybe even a, a Swasolo coach, a Dosani. Something like that, I can see him uh, maybe potentially coming going to Juve if they want to get the attacking style. But I do believe, too, there's a good chance that they might keep Allegri for another year, see if he implements a different style into his uh, the tactics, uh, maybe get more attacking base because of the likes of Chiesa coming back, Vlaovic um, up top, the addition to Zakaria and Locatelli in the holding midfield, Maybe with Dybala coming back, uh, depending on his situation too. Um, I can see Allegri maybe staying for one more year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from him and go after a coach with a more attacking mindset that can get the best of all these players and not play guys who should be playing, like say Rabiot playing left mid, even though Rabiot's more of a CDM, box-to-box type of guy, not left mid. Uh, So we'll see what happens there, but it all depends on what Juve, where Juve finishes at the end of the year and if they want to move on or if they want to keep the quote-unquote the winning mentality um, as a coach, have a winning mentality coach such as Allegri and keep him for one more year just to see where that team goes. But uh, for me, I would move on and I would try to get a coach who has bright ideas, who's young, who's up and coming and that can uh, focus on attacking more. Yeah, because I think nowadays we're seeing in football that Teams can score goals now with ease, but much easier than they used to be able to in the past, especially in the Serie A. We saw back then a lot of one nothing games, 2-1, 2-0. But nowadays, with a lot of, you know, like we saw Inter 5 nothing against Southern Itana uh, in the last yeah. match day. So, like, <laughs> goals are coming, you know, like, like crazy. We've seen in a couple of years now, the last couple of years, that every year there's a new record for goals scored, like, as a whole in the whole season. Um, just uh, 
all these goal records are being broken right now, and that's because the game. And is you see too now. You see too yeah. now where a lot of these teams, such as, uh, say Leeds, for example, where under Bielsa, um, they would attack and they would like defend and then like get you on the counter attack, like kind of absorb the pressure. Now you're seeing that that style is not working, and these guys were losing games four, five, nothing, five, one, like, and you saw too with uh, Villarreal where they scored in the first, like the opening minute, like the first two seconds into the game. And then from that moment on, Villarreal just gave it to Juve. They were all over them, and Juve had no answer for them. They had one chance throughout that whole game prior, uh, sorry, after the goal. So if a team, you can't really rely on that because good teams will make you pay. And the Juve don't have the players to play that type of football. Like if you look at it, they don't have uh, attack which you like to come back and defend. Like Vlaovic is not going to, play you you pay him 80 million he's not gonna defend um in his own box he's gonna try to score goals so for me you need a coach that has an attacking mind and that you know okay you bring this coach in that he's gonna get the best of Kiesa and Vlaovic and turn him into like a dynamic duel yeah and like I guess Vlaovic can like we saw like in the last game or not last game or maybe it was the last game where he ran back and made that tackle and started yelling. But that, you sure want him to have to do that. Like, you're going to waste his energy. You should be saying, hey, Vlaovic, score goals. That's all I want from you. Stay up there, score goals. Don't worry about the defending. But the way Allegri plays, he expects his whole team to defend, which, you know, nowadays it's not really going to it's not really gonna work. We saw Davide Nicola, the coach of Sornitana, after the intermatch, he said, um, after the team lost 5 nothing, he said, why did I come here like, to San Cito just to defend? I came here to win and score goals, so I don't regret anything, which maybe you should have, you know, maybe thought about defending a little bit because 5 nothing isn't pretty. But you're seeing these smaller teams now. They're not as scared to concede goals. Now they're trying to attack the bigger clubs instead of just sitting back and praying to God that the 90-minute mark hits so then you can go home and withdraw. Now some smaller teams, not all of them, because there are a lot of teams that sit back still, but some of them now are uh, thinking more offensively instead of defensively and you're seeing a difference now in goals being scored so yeah the game is changing and if Allegri doesn't update his tactics and you know maybe risk conceding at times to get a better chance at scoring then I don't know if it's gonna really gonna work out for him because you see teams like Liverpool and you see Bayern they went 8-2 on aggregate yeah. and 7-1 in the match like that's Juve will never score that many goals in the match against even Salernitana let alone Salzburg. So, yeah, I think that's the big difference we're seeing here. Teams that win the Champions League, um, they know how to score goals. And even though Chelsea, you know, Tuchel's a, more of a defensive coach, um, and they won the Champions League, it's not always going to work. You know, City, I feel if that was over two legs, City probably could have got the better of them. But, yeah, I, like the, I don't think he'll be gone, to be honest. I think just within the club, they hold yeah. him in such a high regard for everything he's done for them. And I think they'll keep final. him, like, if anything, maybe give him next year to just yeah. see what happens. Like, if the, like regardless, like, I wouldn't, like, if I'm Juve, I would go I would go for a younger coach as just a coach like, that has bright ideas. But if you want to talk about, like, what Juve might do, like, which makes the most sense for them, instead of changing a coach every year, they'll probably just keep Allegri just to see, okay, you know what, next year we'll have, Kiesa, or maybe a healthy Kiesa, uh, depending when he recovers from his ACL um, injury. Who knows with Dybala's contract situation, if 
he might be back or who knows. And then the players that they might bring in in the summer, you know, Uve will always bring in one or two guys in the summer. So who knows what Allegri has in plan. Uh, I think for now, he's you're going to see this type of football until the rest of the year. But maybe in preseason, you might see a, a different style in Allegri depending on uh, what happens from now till the end of the year. Yeah. And if they do get eliminated by Villarreal and they don't make top four, then I could see them getting sacked. But yeah. if they get top four, I can't really see. Even if they lose to Villarreal and they get top four, I still can't see Allegri going. If they miss out on top four, then I think it'll be pretty certain that he'll be gone and a new coach will be brought in. But, uh, yeah, it's looking like they're getting top four, and I can't really see him leaving. Maybe they'll bring back that Pirlo. Is the case. Maybe. That could be. The thing is, if you're Pirlo, do you want to go back after the way they just threw you out like that? Like, no. I'm not sure if Pirlo would jump at that opportunity, really, because they might throw him out again in the, in, the, in the future. Who knows? If I'm Pirlo, I'm going to, like, a, not a smaller team as well, but a smaller team and gain experience because uh, – I don't know. I, it would it would rub me the wrong way personally if that was me and I just got thrown out that yeah. game. Yeah, no, I think pretty well. I think uh, they'll probably go. No look, no look for like a big name manager like a who knows maybe Pochettino's and that and like like a manager like that. Yeah, definitely. And if your team that's looking to win the Champions League, you need an experienced manager. You can't have someone that's uh, only coached a couple of Champions League matches. So uh, yeah, overall, yeah, I think me and Dan are on the same. You know, wavelength here. We both think that he'll stay, but uh, to miss out on top four, it could be a new coach coming in. Um, now, Dan, the moment you've been dreading, Napoli Milan, big <sighs> match, like I said before. Uh, it, I don't want to say it's an eliminator because obviously Napoli's still in the Scudetto race and far from out of it, but it's a it's a big change in tides, I guess you can say, after the winning against Lazio. Probably in the release, a big momentum shifter. I feel like the whole, not the whole, but I'm going to say the top three probably felt like, oh, Napoli might, you know, take over here because Inter's kind of had a rhythm. Uh, Milan's struggling, and Napoli is really the only one out of the top three with some momentum on their side. And a win over Milan probably could have, you know, set them apart from both Inter and Milan a little bit. But now Milan stole the win. Um, I think Napoli have been struggling a little bit at home this season. Not bad. I think they only have four losses at home. But I think all their uh, losses except yeah. one came at home. So maybe some people think so. the home crowd or yeah. something. We have out of these, okay, we've lost, yeah, we lost, I want to say like six games at home this year. Um, prior to, I think six games, two to, I think one to Spezia, Empoli, I believe. Uh, and then Fiorentina, in, uh, Milan, and then in the Europa League too, and Barca as well. So us at home, uh, I might have to sign the petition, start a petition to stop playing, letting Napoli play at home. Like just play all the games <laughs> on the road because it seems like we're quote unquote war, uh, sorry, away warriors or road warriors. Uh, but yeah, no. Going back to the match, it was there was a lot of hype um, heading into the game uh, through the Napoli community for me uh, in my group chats with the Napoli Club Toronto, uh, especially after the way we won in Rome against Lazio. It was. A hype game is probably the biggest game of the year. You could say it is the biggest game of the year. Um, uh, and again, once again, uh, it's the same script. Uh, I can literally say the same thing I said against Inter. It was we uh, we didn't perform, and it's once again a game that Napoli have the chance to get into first place. Um, 
and show that there are true title contenders uh, and come off flat. We we don't play good. We play good for 15 minutes of the game, and then the rest we were sloppy. We it seems like this team there's no one on the team that has any grita. There's no I'm gonna use this term no balls on the team. Uh, maybe the only guys that you could tell that were trying were Laboka, Kulibali, Osiman, and funny enough, Rui were the only ones on the team. That look like they try, uh, and these Lorenzo Ravani. Those are the only guys that this game that look like they uh, that they cared about winning, and it's just sad because there was a lot of fans. It was close to, I believe, like seventy-five percent capacity uh, in the stadium, which was like amazing for us. It was like forty thousand, forty thousand fans, fifty thousand fans, and just and there were a lot of fans around the stadium, like just preparing for this game because this was uh, for us. A Scudetto game. Uh, if we won this game, we were, for me, we could have been on our high horse throughout the whole year, and we control our own destiny. And now we have to rely on Inter dropping points and Vila dropping points as well. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think Napoli are not going to. We're not going to win the Scudetto this year. And I just believe like our goal now is just to remain in the top four, finish in top two, top three. Um, I don't see us winning the Scudetto. And it's just, again, once again, a disappointment result. There's a lot of things that have to go our way, and we have so many tough games coming up, especially this weekend, too, against uh, Verona, who in the past have shown that they can uh, play with the big boys. And I feel like this week they're going to give us a battle, uh, give us a run for our money, especially in Verona. Uh, So it's another game that I don't see us. Maybe we can win this game, but... I just think it's going to just be another win. I don't think anything of it. I don't think it's going to be meaningful this uh, this game. I just think the team, the fans are just, once again, disappointed uh, with the way that we've played. Not even uh, winning. Like I can suck it up if we played incredible, but Milan were just better than us. Milan, to be completely honest, didn't even impress me in this game. They had a few chances here and there. They got a quote-unquote foul, which uh, at the end of the day, I don't think there was any contact that led to their goal, which we failed to clear the ball. And Julu got, a, a, you could say, a hockey deflection in and uh, scored. And again, Julu, the guy's class, the guy scores big goals uh, when you need them to. When the, a team needs a goal, Julu's always there scoring those goals. And I just don't think we have a big guy like that. A guy like that, I know... Osman stole young, and this guy gave his heart out. He was running all over. Uh, I'm not going to knock him. Uh, I just wish that there's some players starting this game uh, that had the heart that Osman had. Uh, the guy like Osman had, Kulibaly had, Romani, Di Lorenzo, and Rui had, uh, and Loboka too. Those were the only guys that that looked up for this uh, game. The rest of the team, not much. Not like there was no flow. Uh, Politano was terrible. He was probably the worst player on the pitch. Insigne, I think he's already thinking about Toronto. It seems like the last ever since the, the deal has been done, he has been the same. Even this season, he looks, looks like he took a step back. Um, so, I just don't think anything's going to happen this year. I think our goal now is just to finish top four, uh, recruit for in the summer. Hopefully, we can bring in some guys that can help us uh, get get to the next level. Um, mathematically, we're not officially done. We're still three points back, but I just think uh, psychologically and 
uh, just mental the mentality wise, I don't think we have the squad to become contenders or to win the league. I still think it's Inter Scudetto to lose, uh, but it's going to be them and Milan from now to the end of the season. And Napoli just need to get a hold of themselves and they just need to play well and just hopefully they'll just fight till the end. That's all you can ask for because I don't see us um, getting that Scudetto because uh, it seems like every time we have the chance, which has been four or five chances now, that we could have solidified going up top being the team to beat, and we uh, we haven't lived up to that expectation. Yeah, I think Napoli could be a couple more pieces away from winning the Scudetto. Uh, a couple positions got to fill out. Uh, obviously, left back's got to be one that you're focused on as well. Um, but yeah, I think Ossiman needs a, a good dance partner. I think that would be huge for the future, kind of like how Roma had Tam Abraham at Zaniolo. Yeah. Probably the only thing we have going for us right now, and you guys have Everything else, maybe but a partner of, of uh, OC men. Maybe Jonathan David could be a cool one. If, uh, yeah, can pick I wish. I, like, I just want Napoli to bring in a guy that you go, okay, now, like, like I don't know, because now you think of Napoli, like, yeah, we have guys that can score, but there's no one guy you go, okay, I'm scared to play him. Like, like men could be that guy, but the way we play with Osimhen in this lineup, we don't, it seems like we forgot how to play to his strengths. He's the type of guy you get the ball, let him run behind defenders, let him run on the side, and get him in between uh, behind defenders. Play him in the air because he's got height, he's got speed, he can hold up the ball, he can finish, he can draw defenders towards him, he can win fouls, and we just don't play to his strengths, and it, it's just sad. And I, I one thing I do, uh, I do blame is our wingers. They've been piss poor. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know what step back they took. Politano last season looked incredible, and it seems like ever since he got snubbed for the Euros, he's been on the decline. Lozano's been in and out of the lineup with injury, with this and that, so hopefully he can get going. And Unas, he, here and there, he's got his games. That he's not a starter by any means. I think he's a bench player at best that can come in and change the game. And our captain, Insigne, he's, he's been average this year. Besides the assist, besides that Lazio goal, he's an average and the assists too are just good. like these guys he's got good numbers but just his performance wise he's been average and our midfield too like if our midfield's not controlling the game which I think now in modern day football if your midfield can't control the game you're not winning the game and it seems like Napoli's midfield the last I want to say few four ga- three four games maybe five games they haven't been good they've been mediocre and we've been tying a lot of these games we've been barely winning these games and we just need our midfield to step up hopefully with Angisa coming back we, we need him to step up we need Fabian to step up LeBoc has been incredible all year he's probably been our best midfielder and we need our cab or we need Zelensky to play like the Zelensky he was a few months ago because he's been poor as well so we just need these guys to step up and it seems like in these big games where you need them to they they don't so Something's got to change. Some guys might have to go, and I think soon you might have to just bring in fresh, um, fresh faces and hold, and get guys that you know will play for the badge because it seems like half these guys nowadays don't play for the badge. They just play for their paycheck, and they go home. They don't care. Yeah, like, it's, it's tough, man. Like, not when you guys started out the season, you were looking very scary. What was it, 12 games? 
in a row. Yeah, I believe it was 12 11. games unbeaten. Unbeaten, yeah. Some, like, 12 games Something unbeaten. Like that. And then we started off 10 wins in a row. Yeah, like, that was... We, the only I think first Charlotte against Roma. Against you guys. And then our yeah. first loss came against Inter, which is, if you would have told me that this season, like it. before the season, uh, I would be already playing the Scudetto parade. Yeah. Because of just the way that, could, that goes, that's not an offer. But it seems like since it's Christmas, the middle you could of the say. Season. Yeah, it's, it's like once 2022 hit, it's like Spalletti just forgot how to play. And, like, I'm not going to blame mainly him because it all, again, starts at the top. We didn't. For me, we didn't bring in enough guys in January to help solidify our team. And uh, it's going to continue in the summer, too, if we start losing guys and we need to replace them badly and we need to get good replacements. We can't just replace Fabian Ruiz with uh, Marco Valdefiori. Like We need guys that could be up to his level or that can be better than him. So we'll see. But as of right now, it's not looking good for Napoli. So that's what... Uh, chances, and I just hope now we can just play well from now to the end of the season, and whatever happens, happens. I can't, we can't focus on Scudetto, but I just want us to finish the season well and finish in the top three. Yeah, at least you guys are able to see that you can compete from the bigger teams throughout the year. You know, you guys did yourselves proud. It's not over by any means. You guys still have a, a very good chance to get Scudetto. Yeah, I just don't see it. I just don't see it because we have a lot of tough games coming, and yeah. it's like... Seems like any time when the chips are down, we don't we don't go to the dance. We don't play poker with these guys. We're playing goldfish. While these uh, these teams are playing poker with each other, trying to compete, we're playing goldfish with uh, with ourselves. So, yeah, I think it's going to be dependent on Osimhen having a dance partner. I think that'll be a huge part of Napoli's future. Someone similar uh, to his I'm, age. Yeah, if I'm Napoli too, I would change. Again, too, you see the lineups not playing well. I don't know why we haven't we haven't made rotations. Play a shock the people. Go play Unas the first minute. Go play Lozano. Go play Mertens. Like play Mertens with Osi man. Just see how those two do. And if that partnership works, then you go okay. You know what? Mertens is on his last year. Let's resign him for one more year because him and uh, Osi man are gonna have a good connection. And then bring in like a Raspadori because you know Raspadori is a similar style. But, yeah, exactly. But, uh, like these guys, quote unquote, our owner, quote unquote, knows more than about uh, about the team than the fans. So let him decide. But all all I can say is our team hasn't been looking good, and we still play the same guys that week in and week out. Something's got to change. Yeah, no, nah, I've been on record, and maybe like a month ago or two months ago, whenever it was. Uh, I think Mertens and Osman will be a, a fantastic partnership together, and yeah. I also think that. Gaspardoli and Napoli would be incredible for Napoli. I think he's just what you need, especially considering Finia is leaving. Obviously, it's two different positions but and styles of play, but, uh, you know, Mertens, we saw what he did for Napoli, and Gaspardoli is the same very style. similar to him. Yeah. So, and he's young. I think he'd be a great partner for Osimhen. It'll be a nightmare, a nightmare for defenders to worry about both of them, but when Osimhen already caused enough issues, like running him behind, everyone's scared of him. If you get a partner with him, it's going to be very tough to stop Napoli. If you're going to add a left-back to that, I think Napoli can be a very scary team. So, uh, yeah, no, I uh, I think Napoli, the good thing for you guys is that I think it's clear. You guys know what you need to do to get better. Sometimes the problem with a team trying to fight for the Scudetto is going to the summer, they don't know what they need to change. And if a team seems to have, you know, good players all around and they can't win the Scudetto, then you're saying, well, what do we add? This team seems strong everywhere. What's the problem? The coach, 
You guys, you know what it is. You guys know which positions you need to upgrade. The players, yeah. Yeah, the players. And I just got to do it. If you do it, I don't see why not. We can be talking, you know, a year from now, closing in on the Scudetto. Who knows? I think Jonathan David, Raspadori, guys like that. If you're willing to spend the money, that's a different story. We don't know. You know, ADL is uh, sometimes he's not, and then he'll buy Osteen out not, of nowhere. He's not going to spend. He's not going to spend money for David. There's no way. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. ADL is a very unpredictable, unpredictable figure, I guess you can say. So, uh, who knows what will happen? But yeah, I believe that a partner for Osteen will be crucial for not playing the summer. And I do think you guys will look for him, especially considering Insignia is gone. You're going to need a new, I don't want to say icon of the city, but you know. An important player. You need to add an important like you player. Need, you need like a player like that. They'll be talk like a talking player, like someone like the where the city would be yeah. talking about this guy. Like, yeah. Oh my god! Like can't believe bring he's... excitement to the city. Kind of like Tim Abraham of Roma. How well we got him. Everyone's excited. And I think yeah, like Zaniola Abraham. You can see Osimhen and someone else. We'll see who it is. I think Raspadori would be a great option. I think they complement each other really well. So we'll see. Uh, I think maybe for the rest of the year, I prefer if not blue Mertens and Osimhen. I think that's the one I wanted to see against Barca. I said in the podcast before that. Yeah. I just think they complement each other perfectly. That style of play in Osterman just would be fabulous for Napoli fans to watch. So, uh, yeah, I think the good thing is Napoli have a clear plan, and hopefully they can do it. And to end off this pod, Inter, they follow the Champions League against... Actually, you know, before I get to Inter, I'm going to ask a quick question, Then, But I would be. I've seen yeah. some chat about him potentially being a candidate to win MVP. Would you be open to giving it to them? Although, you know, Sassuolo is not a top team. They aren't in Champions League. They aren't even in Europa League or even Conference League. But he's been incredible. He's the only yeah. player in the league right now with double-digit assists and goals, which is remarkable. And MVP, most people mistake it for best player. It's not the best player. It's the most valuable to their team. And me and Dan were talking about this before the pod, but if you look at Juve, Who's really valuable to him that you can't really replace? Like, Vlaovic just got there, so he's out of the conversation. No one else really. No one's been like a starlet for Juve this year carrying them. Uh, Roma, you can argue Abraham and Zaniolo really changed the team, but not really. They haven't done enough to win MVP, nowhere near enough. Uh, Inter, they don't really have a go-to guy. Maybe Barella, but even him, like they can survive without him. We've seen them survive without him. They did pretty good against Liverpool over two legs without him. They only lost by one goal. So he's valuable, obviously, but not as valuable as a bit obvious to Sassuolo. Milan, it's more of a team effort. They don't have this one guy that carries them. And Napoli, you know, Koibali's been out, and they're still in the Scudetto race, even though he missed you know, time with the AFCON. Ostimen was out for a long time this season. They still did well without him. So Napoli don't really have much more valuable than Berardi is to Sassuolo. No, so I think it is a conversation. I think it's possible. What do you think, Ben? I would, yeah, no. I mean, he's been. It's not like he's been doing it just this one year. Throughout his career at uh, Sassuolo, he's arguably been their best player. And he's the captain. He's he just co- he's coming off uh, a year away, and he's been all right with Italy. But in the league, he's he's been one of the best players. And a lot of times, people are talking about, well, he's going to leave in the summer. He stays at Swasolo, and he's easily the top goal scorer, the top assist maker. They're, he's the engine. He's the heart of Swasolo, and I do believe he should win MVP. Uh, as of right now, speaking, uh, he should win it. He's the only uh, player in the league with double-double uh, with goals and assists. And I believe, I remember reading a stat, 
I think he's one of like five players or something in the top five leagues to have that. And he plays for Swasolo, remember. Swasolo, they there's no Kaku, there's no Lewandowski, there's no uh, Harry Kane, there's no big name players, no Vlaovic, no Haaland, no Mbappe. It's Swasolo. Where Skamaka, Raspadori, Lopez, and Traore are their main guys, like besides Baradi. So for me, I think he should win MVP. And I, I don't, and it'll be nice too to see an MVP that's not a big team, like coming from not a big team, like a, a team like in the top, say top five. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Serie A does. They'll probably, at the end of the year, they'll probably give it to a player who wins top goal scorer, like, or like they'll just pick a random player at the end of the year. But it would be nice to see Baradi win, and I truly believe he should win it, and it'll be rightfully deserved. And yeah, he's the he's the hardest for solo. He's the captain. He's been there for a while. He's 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 always been very good in the league, um, and he's been putting up great numbers for the last two three years. And I feel like he's finally gained the recognition he deserves in the league. And hopefully, Syria recognizes that too, and they end up giving him the MVP. If, he could continue to play like this from now to the end of the season. Yeah. And if I had to pick a favorite, I do think they're going to give it to Vlaovic because, you know, he's a, they're trying to build him up to say he has a big superstar. He's on Juve and whatever, all this stuff. But to be honest, how valuable really is he? Because Piontek right now has a better goal-to-minute ratio than Vlaovic did at Fiorentina. So he's been providing the same, if not more, than Vlaovic did at Fiorentina. So... Can he really win MVP? Because he doesn't seem that valuable to me if you really look at the numbers right now. And we'll see if Piontek can hold off and keep his numbers up. But I don't know. I think Berardi should be the favorite. And uh, do I think he'll get it? I don't think so. I think they're going to throw it to Zalvich. I really don't think the Serie A really cares about who wins it enough to really look into the numbers and what the fans are saying and all that. I think they just give it to the guys that are most marketable, in my opinion. That's what it seems like they do. Like Ronaldo, I think he won MVP over... Was it Ibala or someone like that when he shouldn't have? There's been a lot of controversial uh, awards being handed out at the end of the year. And I don't really value them too much, to be honest. Uh, to me, it's a bunch, I don't know, a bunch of BS, to be honest, with these awards. But, yeah, I think uh, Berardi should definitely win it. But, like I was going to say before, ending off the pod, Inter Liverpool, they have been defeated by Liverpool 2-1 to one. on aggregate. They got a one nothing win at Anfield, which is very impressive. They had chances, but at the end of the day, they couldn't capitalize, and you know it's always going to be hard to fight Barella. We know that. We know how good he is, and uh, Liverpool is obviously one of the best teams in the world. So it's never an easy task when you're missing your best player against one of the best teams in the world. I think they did Serie A proud, in my opinion. I'm really happy with how they performed. It kind of reminded me of Napoli Barca the first time out. I was pretty proud of Napoli for how they represented Serie A in that first game, and uh, I think Inter did over both legs. They did pretty well. Uh, Liverpool is a better team over the course of two legs. That's why they won. But uh, I don't think any Inter fan should be disappointed in their team or any Serie A team fan should be disappointed in how they represented the league. I think they did well enough. But uh, I think Inter's biggest problem, and I don't think it's a hot take here. Everyone's thinking the same thing. And by the way, first off, screen yard was incredible. I don't want to move on from that without mentioning that. Screen yard was fantastic. But uh, I think Inter's biggest problem is the attack. We all know that. Defense wasn't a problem. Liverpool scored, it feels like 100 goals a game. I'm always seeing Mo Salah and all these guys <laughs> on my Instagram page. But uh, 
they, they like to score goals, and they held them to two goals over two legs. If you told me that Liverpool held, I mean, Inter held Liverpool to two goals over two legs, I would have said Inter are going to win this tie. That's what I said before it even started, if I knew that. But they didn't, and you saw in Serie A, I think Lattaro went, I believe, 10 games straight without a goal. I think Jacko had a similar thing, like eight games straight without a goal. And I think Jacko, I can't, I can't really blame him. I probably sound biased because, you know, I'm a Roma fan. I really like what he did for the club. But Jacko, we got him for, what, two, three, four million? I forgot what it was now. Yeah, it was something cheap. Yeah. Yeah, very cheap. And for what he's provided, he's already surpassed that value. He's already done enough to say, okay, that was worth getting him. The problem is that title, the guy who's valued at 100 million. If you value someone at 100 million, they can't go 10 games straight for the goal. That's just unacceptable. And obviously, the past match day, Patrick against Lernitana, whatever, but you don't pay him to score against Lernitana. You pay him to score against Liverpool, and he did, but he did not play well at all. The goal did not mean he had a good game. He did not play well at all. And Latano Martinez, in my opinion, he's expendable. And I know it's the title of the podcast right now. I do think he's worth selling before you know, the value gets too low. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's not. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying if you compare his output to his value, it's not worth it. I think you can find someone that does a lot more than him. I think Raspadori would actually be an upgrade over Lataro. But I don't think Inter needs someone like Raspadori. They need someone proven yeah. right now. So if they sold Lataro, maybe a Jonathan David or someone like that would be a great fit for Inter as well. But, uh, yeah, like ever since Lukaku left, they don't have a reliable goal scorer. If they had Lukaku, Jekyll behind him on the bench, that would be something else. That would be a, a very scary sight to have. You know, Jekyll playing on uh, Lukaku's rest days. But, yeah, Tato has been very disappointing. And Inter, even as a whole, as a whole team, not just Latado, they struggled to score goals. They started drawing Genoa, and they went on a, a pretty long streak, I think. Oh, was it 500 minutes or something like that for a goal? Something like that. I believe so, yeah. It was crazy. And, you know, if you're going to win Scudetto, I still think they will, but you can't, you just can't have that. And, uh, I don't know, I think Latado's expendable in my opinion. What are you thinking, Dan? What do you think the problem was in the match and the tie? And yeah, because I, I really did. I'll go based off, like, both ties, uh, both legs, because I really didn't have time to watch the second game. Uh, but, Holding Liverpool to two goals by any means, it's incredible, especially keeping uh, a clean sheet at, uh, pardon me, at Anfield, which is very hard to do. Like, it's a very, very hard thing to do. And I just think at the end of the day, yeah, again, I think it's the attack. Um, we were talking about it before, like how uh, previously, like Inter were before, like this little drought they were, they were, they were scoring. They had some guys, Carrera was playing okay. Uh, Martinez was playing not the worst, but he wasn't, the 100 million, uh, say, like, value that Inter have him at. Uh, I just don't think he's nowhere near 100 million and maybe 40 to 60 million. That's respectable, I believe. Uh, and, yeah, you need him to score. And especially because now he's the main guy, you can't be having Jekyll out. Maybe I think they have around the same goals and Jekyll came in cheap and Martinez is expensive. Uh, you need... Martinez to be that main guy, and he really hasn't been. He's been average this year. He, he's been getting the goals, but he hasn't been uh, the like again the hundred million dollar uh, sorry hundred million euro player that Inter want, wanted for him. And I think 
he is he could you could sell him and then you can with that money depending on the, the money you get you can probably bring in two young studs or a guy that's proven now and then maybe like a young player that can grow for the future or you just try to find a partner that goes with uh Martinez uh like how him and Lukaku at one point where Lukaku was the main guy Martinez would play well because he wasn't the main he was the sidekick you could say and I feel like if you bring in a player like I can't remember, like maybe maybe like a Lewandowski not Lewandowski but maybe like a Holland or something like I'm just trying to say like uh, like a big player that can score goals um Martinez would be would be a lot better and you could see you'll see more flow into the attack and it also doesn't help too that they lost Hakimi where last year Hakimi on the right side was scary because he had pace he could hurt you with uh crossing in his attacking ability is second to none it's incredible and it doesn't help that they lost him too and they really haven't replaced them uh replaced that right side Dumfries has been Bang average. He hasn't been great at all, in my personal opinion. He's just been average. And they need a guy that can, on the right side, that can create havoc for the defense. And I really don't think they have that. And I think, too, like going back to the point I was making about Martinez needs a main guy to for him to succeed. I just don't think Jekyll's that guy. I think Jekyll's the guy you bring in off the bench uh, or play him when you need to rotate the, the squad and he can provide a spark I just think you need a guy so like kind of like what uh Milan did they bring in like a guy like Giroud who scores in the biggest games um and goals where you need him to I feel like that's what Inter needs and that's what they need for Martinez to excel and be that main guy so we'll see what Inter does maybe if they can bring in a Scamaca maybe a Raspadori depending on what happens uh I feel like if that could be the case then You'll see Martinez um, evaluate. Uh, you can see Martinez uh, improving and becoming the Martinez that a lot of fans are used to seeing him. Yeah, no, well said. I think we both agree on basically everything. This whole podcast, uh, we're on the same wavelength here. Uh, two my two great minds think alike. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think Latado, his time at Inter could be coming to an end unless he really picks it up here towards the end. Uh, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I think we both agree on that. He's not a bad player, but. For his no. value, uh, he's really not producing. I just think, yeah, I feel like you can get, like, another, like, I don't know, like, for his value, like, you can, yeah, you can replace him. I just think even if you, like, try to upgrade the players around him, I feel like he'll be a lot better because we see with, uh, what's it called, uh, with Martinez and um, Lukaku, too. Sorry, with Lukaku and Martinez, they were a great duo. Yeah, no, I agree. He's just not the he's not a striker that's the guy. He can't be like the the main man. If he has a partner that's you know better than him in quality, and he's like the kind of like the Robin to someone's Batman, then I think that's yeah. where he really thrives. But when he's Batman, that's where he doesn't do well. Problems yeah. really arise because if you look at him, he's not physically imposing. He's not like some kind of big you know monster that's hard to handle. He's not crazy fast or anything. So he doesn't really have any like attributes that sets him apart. But when he plays with someone like Lukaku, who's that strong, demands that much attention from the defense, that leaves a lot of room for Latado to yeah. really find pockets of space to like you said about too. With uh, even say like a guy like Lacazette or something, like if it's to bring him in, like I feel like he'll do well, Martinez, because it's another guy you have to worry about when he's yeah. the main guy. Martinez, he 
it seems like he, even with Argentina, when he's the main guy, it seems like he doesn't produce. Like, he's the main threat. But I know, like, Argentina, they have Messi. They have to worry about what they sometimes where Messi, he, he wasn't going to play. He's not playing. Or if he's having an off game where Martinez really missed a lot of chances, too. Like, he, and that's the one downfall from him. He, he's a striker that he gets, like, six chances a game. But he gets one goal with those six chances. Like he needs needs to be more consistent when it comes to uh, finishing as well. Yeah, Inter fans could have said said whatever they wanted about Icardi. He wasn't the dribbler or whatever, but that guy scored, man. He did not miss many chances at all when he was in the in the box and the opposing team's box. So uh, I think that's something that Inter missed from you know guys like Icardi and Lukaku. But um, you know we all know Inter like to spend, and uh, I would be surprised if they bring in a big name to either partner with Latado or replace him. So we'll see where they, where they go in that direction. I think Jack will remain that for how much they brought him in for. He's been doing well. Yeah, very well. Supposed to do. So I think uh, they should keep him off the bench and then bring in, you know, a more reliable uh, striker for, uh, you know, to either play with him or replace him. So yeah, that ends off the pod. Um, I don't know if you guys can tell I have a new mic for this podcast episode. The past ones have been some, you know, issues with my mic, but, uh, Hopefully this sounds fine for now. Um, I'm looking to get a new one soon and I fixed up my computer because that's also been a mess. But yeah, we really appreciate the support we've been getting. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week as always. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, it's at six at Calcio, the same way it's spelled here on the podcast. And we look forward to chatting to you next week. Ciao. Ciao guys.